0: solutions broadcasting from the pods moving and storage studios it's the ramsey show where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships number one best-selling author and host of the dr john deloney show dr john deloney ramsey personality is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money Thank you for joining us, America. We appreciate you hanging out. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Thank you for jumping in. We appreciate you. I'm going to start off this hour with Michael. He is in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the Ramsey hey. Show. Hey, Dave. How are you guys? Great, man. What's up?
1: Hey, um, so i kind of get straight to it. Um, so me and my fiance have been having some discussions about a car she was gifted when she graduated um, her stepmother had talked her dad into putting a lien on the car for about $10,000, and it's been about five years now, and we're starting to run into some problems with the car. Um, and since those, uh, the, in the last two years, her dad and stepmom have moved and have not given any addresses, haven't been in any contact, haven't gotten any responses to texts or calls. Um, so don't really know what to do as far as with the car. Uh, I would say it's probably getting into the point where it's starting to get under that 10000 as, as value. Um, so we're trying to think of if it's worth just running it till the wheels fall off and dropping off in their driveway if we can find it, or really what to do.
0: <laughs> so why the disconnect? Why these people took off and nobody knows where they are?
1: Um, honestly, I think it's, you know, she had a really good relationship with her, her dad, and she's got two or three o- other brothers and sisters that also did. And then when this new lady came in about, say, four years ago, five years ago, she's kind of been more controlling his, uh, he works with her now, um, after he was retired. Um, it's kind of like if, she, if when she was on the phone with him before it had to be on speakerphone, she was in the background, always talking if, you know, if, if, he, he can never have one-on-one time with his kids, practically. So it's been kind of a mess. It's hurt her a lot because they were very close when she was living with them and then after
2: college and things, but they just kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, just to, as a point of clarification, he could have talked to his kids, but he chose not to. Yeah. And that is focusing all this energy on we hate her, hate stepmom, she's the worst, this lady, this lady, this lady. That's misdirected grief. The grief is dad has chosen a different life that doesn't include us, and that hurts like the like the pit of hell. And we got to deal with from that. We got to deal with that, right? That doesn't that doesn't help your 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 car situation, but that's where the grief has to start. And when dad moves away and doesn't even tell you where he is. that's a very clear behavior a language. That's a very clear statement. I don't want you in my life, and that hurts, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She's been very hurt by it. And it's kind of caught her off guard. I think believe, I believe too. Sure. I'm um, kind of
2: any dad that leaves his, point, his daughter. <laughs> you know, it, that's that should that should catch everybody off guard. It's not how it should be. Yeah. And um. That's kind of what I told
1: her. I told her you can only control what you know, what you can control. You can't control what he does. But
2: okay, let me give you some husband advice. I'll turn over to Dave. Don't ever say that to her. Okay. Just hold her hand and say, this hurts, and I'm sorry. All right. Okay.
0: There you go. And it's her dad's fault, not her stepmother's fault. Yeah. He he chose. He chose. You can't blame the other person. Talked him into it. He got talked into it. He chose. He made a conscious choice. Now, um, I assume this is in the state of Virginia. Yes. Okay. Different states handle Carlene's different ways. Um, in our state the lien has to be actually written on the car title mm-hmm. Do you guys hold a physical title that has a yes, lien that's, written that's, on it? Yes sir okay all right um, well what I would do is contact an attorney and see it's probably I'll give you a guess this is going to cost you a thousand bucks but mm-hmm. it's less than ten thousand bucks. Um, and I would uh, see if there's not some sort of motion to be filed before the court that uh, removes this lien. That okay. just says uh, this lien was placed by uh, a father just to control the car after he gave it as a gift. He's disappeared. We can't find him to get the lien released. There was never any financial transfer. It was a control mechanism, and we're asking for the judge to remove the lien. Clean, clean the title. Okay, Okay. and I think I'm almost positive there'll be some sort of legal motion that can be done. And hopefully it's a a small claims court thing since it's ten thousand dollars. Okay, and it's not it's not a super expensive thing. But, you know, I I would think you're going to spend a thousand dollars to do that. Uh, Your only other option is um, if you want to save the thousand dollars is go find this guy. And show up. Okay. And show up because y'all kind of know where he is. She's just hurt, but he works for her. Mm -hmm. She has a business. You know what that is. You can find that business. You can find this Duber and just show up and go, hey, Duber, you need to release this. You already hurt your daughter. You've crushed her uh, with your abandonment and you need to sign this. And I'm her husband here telling you, you need to sign this now. And if you Mm -hmm. don't, I'm going to drag your horrible butt into court and embarrass. you so i'm gonna act as the angry husband if i'm you okay don't shoot anybody that's not what i said okay (laughs) dave you hear this guy he was like all right (laughs) i can do this but you don't you don't need to involve her and this is not about trying to repair their relationship and this is not you don't need uh to take her this is business now and this has not got nothing to do with the uh stepmother you need a signature from a doofus that should have been a better dad that's all you need and I'm going to go sa- save a thousand bucks. I'm going to go drive over there because, dude, you can find him. I promise you. I can I can tell by the way the story went down. Y'all actually know you just haven't chased him. I uh,
2: often tell because you didn't want to find them. There's a moment when you stop being my father in law and you start being the man who keeps making my wife cry. Yeah. And when you switch that switch when that switch flips. Yeah, now exactly. we're having a different conversation. Dave, help me here. I, I'm I'm ignorant. I, what does that mean, that you can just put a lien on something like that?
0: Well, I mean, if you have a car title, you can write on there a lien. Just take your car title, flip it over on the back. In most states, there's a place for the lien holder. And that's where the bank writes a lien on there. And then the bank, typically, if you do it with a bank, right, or a, a car company that has a car payments, they'll hold the title. They keep the title physically. But in this case, Michael has the physical title. It just has written on it. And you can't take it down and transfer it because it has written on it a lien and that lien has to be released. Until $10,000. What does that mean? Well, no, I mean, it's just he just made up a number and put it on there. The dad did to control the car. He wanted to make sure the car didn't get sold without his permission. That's what he was doing.
2: Okay.
0: There was no actual transfer of cash here. He didn't loan them $10,000. He gave her a car, and then the stepmother goes, ah, she's just going to go sell it and run off with some boy. And he goes, okay, I'll just put a lien on it. He put a leash and a
2: dog collar on his daughter. Exactly. And said, you tell me, thank you for that.
0: Exactly. Wow, what a jerk. And then took off to the mountains. We're going to go find Boy Child. This is The Ramsey Show. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today. Every dollar. Thanks for joining us, America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. John, it's been about a year since Own Your Past, Change Your Future hit the shelves.
2: That's right. Since it was published, I got tons of calls from people asking me for private sessions. And can we just talk for an hour or two? And obviously I can't meet one-on-one with every single person. It's not possible, but that's why I wrote Own Your Past, Change Your Future. Think of us sitting across from one another, having a conversation. The book offers practical advice and encouragement on topics like relationship, overcoming past hurts and healing from traumas. And as you read through each section, I'll show you how how to learn from what happened in your past so you can go create this new life. And listen, for the first time ever, we're including it in the $10 sale, but you got to hurry. The sale ends in one week. Get own your past, change your future today, or any of the questions for humans conversation cards. Dave, I just got a note
0: from the
2: guys over in the store. Good grief.
0: Those, those questions cards, for those humans questions cards, for right? human cards sell like crazy.
2: RamseySolutions.com. Everything's 10 bucks, so go for it.
0: Love it. Check it all out. Melanie is in Los Angeles. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
3: Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, I've recently entered Baby Step 4, and I was curious what the most effective way to save the 15% for retirement is when you have irregular independent contractor income. Um, I imagine the simplest way is 15% divided by the 12 months, but some months I make $3,000, some months I make $8,000, and after my four walls and saving for taxes, I don't always have that left.
0: Um, Hmm. And how are you – you're an independent contractor, so you're funding this as uh, just Roth IRAs, right?
3: Correct, yes.
0: Okay. You know, you could just set the money aside each month and then do it once a year into the investment.
3: Okay, and just make sure that And then I, if, you're,
0: if you're short one month, you make it up another month, right?
3: Okay, yeah. I figured that might be the case. I was curious if there was like a secret –
0: no. Nah. No, <laughs> nah, there's no, there's no secret. It's just, uh, it, you know, if you've, if you have to drop into your food budget because you had an automatic draft at 15 percent of your income, right. then that's not cool. Yeah,
3: that's not helpful.
0: Right. Yeah, and your, your, uh, you know, your, your income is volatile enough that you could have that. So um okay. but yeah, you run it on the average and then just say, on average, each month I need to do this. If I have a three thousand dollar month, I can't do it, so I gotta make it up the other month when I have an eight thousand dollar month.
3: Okay. And then by the end of the year, it's just about making sure that there's fifteen percent of whatever that ends up being. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The okay. problem with that is just the uh discipline that it requires, the attention to right. detail that it requires. Yeah. And uh yeah. and so that you just gotta guard against uh getting sloppy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because i i you know i yeah, i'm i do i can do details but i don't try to set up systems that require me to do details i yes. set up systems that are auto mm-hmm. and this is not auto so uh, the right. only way i know how to do this is manually and what okay. you're talking
3: about
0: yeah what, what you're talking about but if you just you know but make sure that you set yourself up on a plan that that if you're not a detail person that you got something that's driving you to keep the system in place i
2: have to wonder if some of the challenges with the irregular income aren't the same challenges that uh would make this hard right if you are a a strong have strong attention to detail when you're getting started and you are strong focus on your marketing on your business the irregularity might not be there might not be there
0: that's a possibility yeah possibility so, yeah, you know, if you're doing um uh, let's say you're a, a, an industry that is not known for detail. like if you're an accountant or an engineer, you'd be known for detail. If you were a uh, graphic artist, you might not be known for detail, right. right? And so if that's what's going on... Cause you're my
2: wife would be much better at b- putting money aside in the
0: designated she account. She would. And she writing would a check December be
2: 15th for a she'd, year's worth.
0: Yeah, she'd definitely be better. I'm going
2: to mail in some Skittles wrappers and hope that they deposit keep your uh, Keep
0: your attention span <laughs> off of the gummy bears. Yeah, that, that would be true. All right, Nick is in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
4: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, my question is what to do with uh, unexpected income, whether to put it on our mortgage or... Uh, use it for uh, start a start-up
0: bathroom remodel. Uh, is that the baby step you're in?
4: Uh, yeah, we're we are out of debt. Have a fully funded emergency fund, and we own our we are have a mortgage on our house right now.
0: Okay, so you're putting fifteen percent of your income away for retirement. Yes,
4: sir.
0: Have you got children?
4: One baby. Yep.
0: Okay, and are you uh, addressing their uh, college in baby step five? Yep. Okay. So you don't need it for either one of four or five. You're down to six or a bathroom. Either one is fine. Right. Well, how much money are we mm-hmm. talking about?
4: I mean, not a ton. My wife uh, is currently not working because she stayed at home for the first six months of our son's life. And um, it's just $700 a month for babysitting.
0: Okay. So uh, I would just put that in your budget and then decide what you want to do with it. And But then it takes you back to... Because Baby Steps 4, 5, and 6 is when you can do some things like upgrade a bathroom or put it on the mortgage, and either one is fine. You guys just need to be in agreement about what the budget looks like. Because if 100% of the time you get extra money, you never throw it at the mortgage, you always upgrade something, you're never going to pay off the mortgage early. If 100% of the time you throw it at the mortgage early and you don't do any upgrades or any increases of quality of life and lifestyle, you're that's not sustainable emotionally. You're going to burn up. So, I, I, you know, you've got to just find that balance, that ebb and flow in that the tide goes in, the tide goes out thing to where you get some of each going on. But 700 bucks is not building a bathroom. So, it's, you know, 10 months from now, you'd have $7,000 and you might talk about doing some kind of bathroom. So. I think I
2: saw a stat the other day that the average bathroom remodel is eight million dollars
0: good gosh <laughs> told you at least a thousand times not to exaggerate good grief i,
2: I had someone come look at our house and they're like yeah we can knock this out here's kind of the this it's going to be 14 million dollars
0: yeah they, they charged you a million just to come do that God. just to give you the estimate yeah
2: i don't know what they put under the subfloors and bathrooms but good
0: gold <laughs> that's where you store your gold yeah Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us. Johnny is in Connecticut. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up?
4: Uh, so I just bought a house a year ago, and I currently have about like $45,000 sitting in an account with a money manager. And I've had my money with him for about three years now, and I'm still sitting at my original investment, so I'm wondering how great it's doing in there and if it would be better to just put that towards my mortgage.
0: I always put 100% of non-retirement savings above the emergency fund towards the mortgage.
4: Right, so you think that it would be better off I always put the mortgage?
0: I always put 100% of non-retirement savings above the emergency fund toward the mortgage until the mortgage is paid off. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, cause is, think, let, let's say you had that invested in mutual funds as an example, okay? Right. And you didn't reduce your mortgage. Balance sheet-wise, it's as if you borrowed on your house to invest in mutual funds. And you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So pay down the mortgage. Okay.
4: Yeah, because I do plan on selling the house in about a year and a half. So I figured it would be better off doing that. And then I'm actually putting more principal down on my house every month then yeah. let's get let's, get
0: let's get your house paid off i mean whether it's this one or the next one when you sell your house if you, if you paid down the mortgage they give you a check it's called equity paying down the mortgage is not an expenditure that goes that is lost money it's laying there you're banking it in dirt and bricks and mortar
2: and also dave isn't there a chance that over the last three years with the up and down and the volatility that you could look up and being even would be a pretty good place to be
0: yeah, I don't think your guy's doing a bad job. If he was doing a great job, if he made 20% on your money, I would still tell you, pay down your house, because all the data points we have that says the shortest distance between where you are and your first $1 to $5 million of net worth is getting your stinking house paid off and, then, and loading 15 to 20% of your income into your retirement, not playing footsie with some brokerage account. <laughs> It's just not there. I mean, it's not there. There's no data that says that. Financial footsie. That's it. I mean, you can find that on Tic Tac, but you can't find that with real millionaires. This is The Ramsey Show.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. And one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P
0: dot com slash Deloney. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thanks for joining us. Today's question is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Spring is here, and it's time to handle those projects that have been on pause. Neighborly's got top quality home service providers like Mr. Handyman, Glass Doctor, Precision Garage Door Service, and Shelf Genie. So find the local help you need at neighborly.com today.
2: Today's question comes from Catherine in Florida. She writes, I'm a longtime follower of your Baby Step program, and I enjoy catching up on your radio show on YouTube. That sentence did not exist a few years ago. <laughs> My question is about how to deal with family members' opinions on living below your means, driving an older car, having older electronics, a small apartment, etc. I lived in a studio apartment while I was in college. After graduation, I landed a great job working at an investment advisory firm and moved into a two-bedroom apartment with a roommate. We both work remotely and use the second bedroom as an office. Recently, my roommate's aunt stopped by to see the new apartment and commented that it was small. I didn't say anything to her, but inside I felt terrible. A two-bedroom apartment was an upgrade for me in terms of space, and with the increase in my income and shared expenses, I was spending less money than I was when I was a student. I know we can't control what others say, and they are definitely entitled to their opinions. I also don't want to imply that their aunt is judgmental. Well, she is. I just want to know how I can control that inner voice that felt embarrassed when someone didn't understand why I live the way that I do. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I find, Dave, when I have not spent some time making sure my values are anchored into an identity... Other people can throw, I can, I can try things like a new workout, like a new diet plan or something. And somebody will just casually dismiss it and I'll, it will affect me. But when I have made a choice, I'm a guy who fill in the blank takes my kid to waffle house. Waffle house is probably not the healthiest choice for us, but that's where we go. And I love it and I won't miss it. And so I don't, it it doesn't even, doesn't even enter my mind when somebody makes a comment about, Oh, that's not healthy. Like, because I'm so anchored into that as a thing, or someone dismisses my faith out of hand. Like, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't lose a second of sleep over that because it's, it's an anchor point to me. I've connected my values with my identity. It, it feels like if you're trying something on, it's a recipe for somebody can speak into it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm kind, of, I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head here, so push back if that doesn't sound right.
0: Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so, if you are content, and this is your decision, you have peace sitting in the decision, and that's an identity.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a much less nerdy way to say but that I, mean, I just said, you're, yeah. you're
0: sitting in your identity. Yeah. And then, you know, you're okay if, you know, the aunt wants to get her bigger apartment. It's that's her choice. But this is what I wanted, and it's me. i You know, you think, um, you know, I have a black pickup truck. You think black pickup trucks are ugly? Well, I, that's okay. I'm. Really comfortable. I picked that truck. I like it, and so you know, I don't really give a rip
2: what you. The think verbiage for car. me changed back when, um, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit. When I with, with the phrase, "You don't get a vote." Yeah, and so really sitting down and deciding, being intentional in my life, who are the people who do get a vote? Yeah, my wife, a couple of close. It's a very very small list. When it comes to, you know,
0: I, I want to challenge your value. Yeah, I think it comes down to, like you said, how anchored are you in this? Because it's, it's a great discussion. That's why we're having it. But the, uh, uh, if you're anchored in it and you really believe it, then you wouldn't be embarrassed.
2: Yeah, if somebody came by and goes, uh, you know, this guy is if, green, if, right? If they're you're-
0: actually right when they bring something up and you're not that anchored in it, then it would throw you off. Absolutely. It's like, I mean do you live in a dump you know i mean if you do maybe she's telling you you need to upgrade you know i mean that that's a that may be what's going on but if you just are completely comfortable with that um and uh, uh yeah I, I think that i think you're exactly right it's how far you're anchored into it i mean i, I got into this thing this morning i was at a uh, another event and i was one of the speakers and i ended up back in the green room with a bunch of these guys that were intellectuals, which is always fun for me because I'm a wiener in a steakhouse. And, um, so these, this guy is throwing out, you know, this verbiage and he's like, yes, but what about arbitraging? And if you pay off your two and a half percent mortgage and all this, and I finally looked at him, I said, dude, I think you need to keep your mortgage. But you asked me what I thought. And I own several hundred million dollars worth of real estate debt free. And when COVID hit, I wasn't worried about payments. So that's how I live. If you don't want to do it, it's okay. But, you know, even though you're a bazillion times smarter than me, I got more real estate than you do. Ta <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and it's all paid for. So the real I mean, question is you know, can like, you kick my, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, I mean, it's kind of that, you know, why we are, why, you know, okay. I get it, but yeah. did you really think you were going to have a discussion with Dave Ramsey in the green room and talk him out of into going into debt? And
2: you were going to sit back and go? Was there any level, I never thought of it. No yeah, way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, intellectually, that you finally I found someone who was smart enough that got me on this. No way. After thirty years, it's, no, you're kidding. You know, and I'm just like, oh, I mean, whatever you want to, do, dude. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I love you. You can go. You can go get in debt if you want. But as for me and my house, we're pretty anchored in this one. Pretty much an identity thing, yeah. So I would go back to Catherine and say, "Why are you, Why are you choosing this life?" Yeah. Well, I want to live below my my means, and okay. okay, great. Then other people don't get a vote. Everything that she said was joyful, absolutely, until the aunt showed up. Mm-hmm. That and, aunt you know, didn't get a vote. Yeah, and so she didn't get a vote. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's um,
2: and that's something you practice. That's that's easier said yeah, than done.
0: It is, and, and the other thing is this: it's a perspective thing. Um, it goes with contentment. So the thing I always remember is this. I have the inordinate benefit of having gone completely broke. And once you've gone completely broke, you really don't care what other people think because you figure out most of them aren't going to be around anyway.
2: It's like watching a fighter that's been knocked out. They're a little wilder the next time because they, oh, that's what happens.
0: Oh, that's how it works. I didn't, <laughs> di- I, I didn't die from it. Now I can be a little so bit more relentless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in here and, you know, I, I love folk and I, I want you to win and I want to help you, but um, I'm not really taking a poll. You know, before I make a decision on stuff, I'm not, I'm just, I lost what the Bible calls fear of man. I just don't, I don't need affirmation to make good quality value-based decisions. I make those decisions regardless. And if I get some affirmation, that's wonderful. I'm like anybody else. I like it, but I don't have to have that to do anything. And and honestly, when some of you get pissed off, it kind of inspires me. So, um, you know, it I causes me to go up, to double down, you know, so um, and because I found that most of you are that wrong. And so that's why we do this show for 30 years is to help you, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on in the contentment thing is uh, contentment is do I have peace? Am I anchored in this with a deep a part of my identity um, and, and how much affirmation do I need to support my values based decisions? And uh, the less of that you need, the better financial decisions you're going to make. All day, every day. Because most people are broke. And if your broke friends are making fun of your financial plan, you are right on track. Well, and the better parenting decisions you'll make. I don't want
2: my kid to be the only kid with three-year-old without their own (sighs) iPad. Be the only one. I I don't want my kid to be the only. You're going to make better parenting, better marriage decisions. You make every, every decision will be better when you identify who gets a vote and who doesn't. And when you identify that identity and what it's anchored into, man.
0: Yeah, my kids weren't homeschooled, but I saw this thing the other day that I thought was in the current world we live in It was pretty funny. It, the guys oh, like God, get the dump butt ready, yeah, guys. really. You ready? One guy's saying to the other, he goes, "You know, your children are not going to be socialized and not going to be like all the other children if you homeschool them." And the guy goes, "Yep, <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Kind sir. of the point. You are correct, sir. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> you are correct, sir." Yeah, um, yeah, that'd I mean, be, you know, yeah, I don't want to be cray cray. It's a good thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a, it's a tough out there, man. Whew.
0: Man, yeah, some of y'all people have lost it. I'm just saying, this is the Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS
2: consumeraccess.org. Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027.
0: Dr. John Deloney Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Travis is with us in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hi Travis, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Mr. Ramsey and Dr. John Deloney. It's a pleasure to speak to you both today. You too. What's up?
4: Um, so I am my question is how to get out of debt with my current salary as a truck driver I'm projected to make eighty thousand this year.
0: Okay. How much is your debt?
4: Um total debt is sixty seven thousand. Um forty thousand is student loan debt. And then I have $11,000 balance on a car, and the rest is credit cards. Okay. You're single? So I've been trying to make a um, – I am dating, currently living with um, my partner. And so that's kind of tricky because when I moved in with her, I was over the road, and now I'm a local driver. Um, so I, I pay her to help her with the mortgage, um, but we're not married yet planning on engagement soon,
0: so. Okay, so you are paying part of your roommate's payment as rent?
4: Essentially, yes.
0: Yeah, and your rent is how much?
4: Uh, 500 a month.
0: Okay. All right, so you make $80,000 a year, and you have a $500 a month rental. Okay? Yep. So, What's wrong with getting on a tight, 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 tight budget and beginning to pay these debts down? You, got, you, should, you yep. should have all um, kinds of margin in this budget.
4: Yeah, and I've been trying to see that for myself, like I have in my notes, all my bills and credit cards, um, how much each monthly payment, the sum of them is for the minimum balance. Um, I've been following uh, listening to you guys over the last couple months for the baby sets. Yeah. Um, but I just can't seem to get ahead of you don't, you haven't done a budget. I'm doing. Yet.
0: So what is your take home pay? Um, about 1200 a week. Okay. You get paid once a week. Correct. Okay. You sit down and you look at June. How many times are you going to get a paycheck? Let's pretend it's four. Okay. That would give you $4,800 to work with. Minus 500 for rent minus food correct minus some car gas minus the minimum payments on all of these bills and everything else goes towards the stupid credit card until it's gone and you cut up the credit card
4: I've cut two of them up since I've started listening to you I've paid I
0: th- feel uh, like you drove up. right past all the room that should be in this budget forty eight hundred dollars minus 500 minus food that's up buttload load of money left over. Yeah. It's about
2: $3600 yeah, $3, $3. or $3700.
0: $3. $3. Yeah, how much is the balance on the credit card?
4: Um, I have three of them left. Um once 2150,
0: 600 and 700. Okay. So, you should pay the 600 and 700 off this month and probably the 2150. Yep. So you're
2: you're done with credit cards in 2 months.
0: One, month. one month.
2: Oh, one month. Let's do it.
0: Okay. But you're not going out to yep. eat. And you're not going on vacation. And you're not going drinking with your buddies. You got no life. No. You're getting ready to clean up your dad gum mess because you want to get married. Yes. And it's time to clean up your mess. So, what I'm teaching you is what's called a zero based budget your income each month, unique to that month. Minus every dollar gets an an assignment. Every dollar has a mission. Every dollar has a name beside it before the month begins. Before June gets here next week, you need to have figured out what your income for June is and assign every one of those dollars first to necessities, food, shelter, clothing, transportation, and utilities. So rent, car payment, car gas, food. Okay, that's it. And then everything else, dude, we're going at this at these credit cards like, like they're the freaking enemy because they are. Yeah. I if you had forty eight hundred minus five hundred and you had twenty six hundred dollars makes you debt free, or I'm sorry, twenty uh thirty two hundred makes you debt free, you're debt free of your credit cards in one month. You really should be. Right. That's how you do it. Absolutely. That's how you do it right there. And jump online and pick up the or, or hang on, we'll give you uh, the Every Dollar app, and uh, we'll get you tied into the uh, uh, advanced version of the Every Dollar app, which connects to your bank and helps you run your budget. It's the world's best budgeting app, and it'll help you. But it's giving every dollar a name. That's the point. When you get very detailed, very nuanced. And very careful with your planning each and every single month, and you squeeze every one of these dollars until Benjamin Franklin is squealing. Then you are ready to go, and that's what we're doing. We're not we're not spending money on anything because we're trying to clean this mess up. So realistically, you've got fifty uh, to fifty five thousand dollars in debt. You make eighty thousand, but you got almost no expenses. You probably could be hundred percent debt free in a year. Pretty close. A year, and for everybody
2: listening, I want don't don't blow by this because it's easy to look at him and be like, man, that guy. You can't outearn your your unintentionality, your lack of intentionality. He's making eighty something thousand dollars a year, and he can't figure out where it's going.
0: We're, we're, how to pay off a two thousand dollar credit card?
2: Can't figure it out. And and I don't, it's not because he's dumb. It's no. because it's just chaos. There's too many spin in place everywhere.
0: Yep. And that's and what a budget does. It's all. A, it's all spun up in your brain and then the ether and everything else and so giving every dollar an assignment every time you do this people those of you that haven't done it you need to sit down and do it tonight june's coming next week and you sit down and do your dadgum budget maybe for the first time in your life put your income for the month at the top of the page and then give every dollar an assignment i will promise you two things will happen number one thing will happen is that you will feel like you got a raise because you will go where is all this freaking money going It's going to blow your mind how much you waste. And the second thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a sense of peace instead of a sense of anxiety. Even though you've actually done nothing with money yet, now you've actually executed a plan that says, if I take these 17 steps, I'm going to be free. And as soon as you see the steps in front of you and you realize they're doable, your anxiety goes down, your uh, stress level goes down, your peace level goes up, and you kind of just slick your hair back and go, okay, let's get about the business of doing this. Let's go. Yeah. Game on. And People lean into it, and it changes everything. Timothy is in Chicago. Hi, Timothy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. Honored to have you. What's up? We, My wife and I are wondering if we should use a portion of our emergency fund to pay our mortgage off. How much is in your emergency fund?
4: Currently, we are
0: at forty dollars Okay, and
4: we owe thirty. All intents and purposes, thirty-four.
0: Okay, and you don't have any other money you have to put into this equation, so you would drain your forty-six-five by thirty-four. Yes, sir. What's your household income?
4: Uh, Base salaries. We're looking at one hundred. No, no,
0: I didn't ask. Ask what your household income is.
4: Oh. Oh my goodness. Between mine, mine and my wife, we're looking at 100. Like I said, 136.
0: Okay, okay, that's why I was that's, after. yeah, that's good, Matt. good, good. Yeah, all right. And uh, so here's the thing: paying off a house is a really good thing, and we really tell everybody to do it. It's not an emergency. So if you go below three to six months, if you go below three months of expenses in order to do this, you cut too deep, and it kind of feels like you okay. are. Okay. What do you think? What's what's okay. three to what's three months uh, of expenses?
4: Three months of expenses were believe we're looking at 18 19 thousand
0: all right let's call it 20 which means you have 26500 five to throw at your 34 okay did I get that right yes sir okay and then in the next by Christmas you just cash flow the rest of it and knock it out
4: okay uh, now my wife will be getting bonuses throughout the next several months which will be paying down the
0: mortgage further yeah given that happening, yeah. we're looking at august okay done now yeah. the question oh, go ahead i'm sorry then do it yeah done absolutely go that route that's what i would do yeah that's the whole idea so by christmas we're rebuilding the emergency fund maybe from three months up to six months which you don't need more than 40 what's well, by august i mean that's if he pays this thing off in august with some bonuses well then they got to rebuild it right up from yeah. 20 up to 40 oh by christmas gotcha. no more than 40 in your emergency fund you don't need 46 in your emergency fund If 20 represents three months, 40 represents six months, six months is enough. Then move on to your other steps. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper
2: dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.